Dang, here I am trying to enjoy this podcast, and now all they're doing is trying to sell me dietary supplements. What have I done? Could have called Captain. This podcast said they would review all of the episodes, but then they stopped after only three. What do I do now? Ah! Could have called Captain. I was promised the views of certain hosts, but this podcast keeps changing it up. I wish there was a solution to this. There he is. Could have called Captain. Hi, I'm Captain Eric. Did you know that you have episode-to-episode podcast review rights? Constitution says you don't, and that's just ridiculous. I believe, until this show is over, every man, woman, and child in this country is owed a review of some sort. That's why I fight for you, Internet. Could have called Captain. Is the plaintiff ready to proceed? Yes, Your Honor. I'll try. Ow, 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 ow. I wasn't always the tortured shell of a protozoa that writhes in pain before you today. I was a vibrant, carefree, happy-go-lucky single cell. Then came the fateful day that I paid an innocent visit to the death trap known as the Krusty Krab. I want to play a game. And welcome aboard to the most porous podcast you'll find along the tubes of the internet. I'm ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm your captain, Captain Eric. Welcome to episode 136 of the Squarecast, Crabs versus Plankton. Or as it should be, Plankton versus Crabs, as it is Plankton that is suing Mr. Crabs in this episode. But before we dive into the episode at hand, Crabs versus Plankton... I want to talk about some of the reviews that I've received from Apple Podcasts and just mention some of the issues that were brought up because I want to make sure, full transparency, that uh, your messages are being read, you're being heard, and things are being adjusted. Um, If you listen to this podcast on your platform of choice and you leave a review on that platform, I may not necessarily receive a notification for that specific platform. And even though I have an account with Apple on the back end, I unfortunately may not receive notifications anytime there's a review. So I happened to check out some of the reviews I had received through Apple Podcasts. And right off the bat, we're not doing too shabby with a 4.2 average. And I gotta say, I am a very humble human being. I think I would be the worst critic out there of this show. And without really ever asking anybody to go and review this show on said platform, just getting a flat 4.2 really brought a smile to my face. So the criticisms, though, that were thrown my way were completely valid, and I wanted to address them because they did address some issues that have actually happened on the technical end of this show, and I just wanted to make sure that those who took the time to write out those reviews were were read. Uh, So... Back in 2021, Rocky Access wrote, First, I will say that Captain Eric is a great, dedicated host, and this is not meant to be a slight, and trust me, 
I appreciate that so much off of the bat. Uh, this week in Nickelodeon history, 27 and 28 are both just 27. And episode 90, My Pretty Seahorse, is only two minutes long. There were also some big audio level issues with guests in previous episodes. So for that whole thing right there, for those new to the Squarecast, my other podcast this week in Nickelodeon history was once a part of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. And there are certainly earlier episodes of the show that suffer because of that. There are some what started out as a as a small segment to celebrate some Nickelodeon anniversaries sometimes quickly divulged a little bit more into Nickelodeon than SpongeBob on a SpongeBob podcast. So the decision was made to spin it off into its own show. And for its first season, I didn't start its own feed. I just kept it on the SpongePod Squarecast feed. So every other week or, you know, twice a week, there would just be two episodes released on this feed. And it seems that during the upload process of episode 28 for this week in Nickelodeon history, I accidentally re-uploaded the same audio for episode 27. So that has been adjusted for all of you audio listeners. Now, if you listen to this show and all of the subsequent shows on YouTube, everything since it goes, you know, making an entire video, there's not that same issue that's happening. But for you audio listeners... You can now go back and listen to episode number 28 of This Week in Nickelodeon History. If you never got to listen to that, you should be able to scroll through the feed of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast, find that episode, and listen to that proper. Episode 90, My Pretty Seahorse. I have no idea what happened to this upload. I listened, I, I thought maybe, all right, did something happen with the actual mp3 because i keep everything in organized folders in this one separate hard drive of everything i do for the squarecast and i went back to the mp3 audio file to make sure it wasn't two minutes long and it was the proper length so the only thing i can think of is during the upload process of that episode something happened within anchor and it only uploaded the first two minutes of that episode but that has been rectified as well so if you are an audio-only listener for this podcast and you have never watched any of the YouTube versions of any of these episodes, you can go back and listen to the entirety of episode 90. And let me just thank Rocky Access for taking the time to write that review. Look, without that review, I may not have caught these things as quickly as I did. Now, I'm just going to repeat this information that I usually say at the end of the uh, podcast, but if there's ever any technical difficulties, if there's ever any issues, if there are any suggestions for the show where you think it should be uploaded, how you think it could be done better, if you feel like you could throw in a few extra spices to this pot, by all means, reach out to me, spongepodpodcast at gmail.com. It's the email for this show, so if there's ever any questions or suggestions specifically for the show. If you have anything SpongeBob, Nickelodeon related that you'd like uh, promoted by the end of the show, reach out to me. Um, I keep everything transparent, so anything you send is going to be read out uh, and keep everything on topic. That is literally there for issues like this. So in the future, if an episode releases 
and it somehow is the same audio as the previous week, and someone emails me, I can catch that a lot quicker than going back. I'm I'm not someone who wants to listen to my voice over and over again, so I don't necessarily listen to myself on Spotify or any of the other apps. I'm not really trying to boost my numbers by listening to myself. So again, if you want to write into the show, spongepodpodcast at gmail.com, spongepodpodcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to write into This Week in Nickelodeon History, nickelodeonhistory at gmail.com. The other review I wanted to mention was from ScrapperGuy2K, and this is a pretty recent review from July of 2022. His overall uh, logo or the overall title for the the review is like the show, but not the off-topic stuff, and I respect that. This is the uh, meat of the review here. Really tried to get into this and enjoyed the first half of season one or so, but once the show started promoting the recreation movie or whatever it was, the episodes just got too long and too much off-topic stuff. Wish you would have done separate episodes to talk about that project instead of injecting it into the body of the regular show. 90 minutes is a bit much for a show that's supposed to be focused on an 11-minute episode. Two halves to that that I want to comment on. The first half, I understand that. I understand that completely, and I respect that opinion 100% because it's an opinion I don't necessarily disagree with. There are episodes of the show that may have suffered from going off topic too much and maybe divulging too much into the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated, which is the the project that was mentioned there. Uh, I brought that project on to immediately bring myself into a community of SpongeBob fans and hopefully would then bring some fans onto the show and overall help the show out. And it did in the long run, but honestly, I I think that it definitely made some episodes of this show suffer. And certainly that goes hand in hand with the audio issues that were mentioned in the other reviews. So at some point in time with my current mindset and a fresh perspective, I'll go back and re-review some of those classic episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, ones that may have suffered because of any other issues, audio or content-wise. Again, I definitely want to thank you for taking the time out of your day, even if it isn't 100% positive, because anything that you may say could help this show, me as a podcast host, a content creator, get better, and you have no idea what kind of impact you may have. If you're going to be critical, definitely be constructive in some way. I I take the constructive very seriously. I I really do. So appreciate each and every one of you. If there's a way to review the show on your podcast platform of choice, feel free to do so uh, and be as honest as as you can. That's all I ask. Full transparency on my end and the same from you guys. On to today's episode. Thank you. Order. All right, order. Order in the court. 
I said order in the court! I'll have two number nines, a number nine large, a number six with extra dip, a number seven, two number 45s, one with cheese, and a large soap. Can I please confirm that the stenographer has gotten that order down? Yes. All right. Honestly, if there's any orders from me out to you from today, it's that you should check out my absolute favorite Three Stooges short, Disorder in the Court. I'm going to put it in the link in the podcast description below. It may not be for everybody. I know the Three Stooges and physical comedy may not be everybody's cup of tea, but if you are open to that kind of comedy, it is my favorite short from the Three Stooges, and I couldn't have any sort of courtroom-related podcast without bringing that up. So uh, for an extra level of enjoyment in the court, check out the Three Stooges Disorder in the Court in the podcast description. That is an order from the judge, but on to the trial. (laughs) Crabs versus Plankton is the second half of the 64th episode. I am wrong about that. The 62nd episode of SpongeBob SquarePants, and it first premiered on May 13th, 2005. Our writers for this episode are Tim Hill, Mike Mitchell, and Vincent Waller, who is also the storyboard director. Our animation director is Tom Yasumi. Our technical director is also Vincent Waller. And our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. Woohoo! Hell yeah! So right out of the gate, an idea of Plankton suing Mr. Krabs is something that excites me. It's it's something that's ripe for comedy because we haven't had an episode of SpongeBob that has entered the courtroom in a setting like this. We have seen the legal system somewhat in Bikini Bottom. We've seen the lighter end of just police interactions for some of the citizens, and we have seen a pretty heavy end of, of some serious jail time for characters in this show, but we haven't really sat down and had a courtroom proceeding in SpongeBob. So this episode really excites me for that reason alone. Objection! And my love for these kind of courtroom settings goes beyond my love for Phoenix Wright. And of course, any reference I can make to Judge Trudy. And it's actually what Judge Trudy is parodying. Judge Judy and daytime courtroom shows like that. Back in my day... All people are the greatest. They're full of wisdom and experience. If you were stuck home sick, there wasn't YouTube or streaming services as they are today, and there certainly wasn't online gaming, so it wasn't really exciting to, to stay home and drop into some Call of Duty for hours on end. You could still do that, obviously. We had games, but... There was daytime television, and one of the exciting shows that you can find among all of the soap operas, Playhouse Disney and Nick Jr., was Judge Judy, and subsequent other kinds of shows like it. And how these shows run, in a basic understanding for those completely unaware of Judge Judy, or Judge Joe Brown, or any of the other subsequent judges, is they take actual cases very small cases, cases that appear in what is known as small claims court. And they they have both participants agree to appear on television. And you, you do get paid to appear on here, which is kind of the incentive of, well, 
if you lose in small claims court, you just flat out lose where at least here you're going to get paid to be on television. So they go in front of this judge, plead their case. The judge makes a decision and they walk away with whatever that judge decided to say. And Judge Judy was far and among the biggest of these judges on television, was parodied, of course, in the classic Amanda Show, Judge Trudy segments. And with all of this courtroom nonsense happening on television, it's only inevitable that SpongeBob is going to get in on the fun. And it just adds to the excitement for this episode. Let me just tell you, having having that level of experience watching all of these kind of courtroom shows. And I'm not talking about the dramatized ones like Law and Order, which for some reason has a significant effect on our law enforcement out there, which, I mean, now we're going back to the police of Bikini Bottom. Hopefully whatever courtroom drama show of Bikini Bottom is not being a uh, useful tool in the training of their officers. We'll just uh, leave it at that. <laughs> Right as this episode starts, the little theme that plays during the title card is actually a parody of the Perry Mason theme, which was a legal drama that started all the way back on September 21st, 1957, and had 271 episodes spread across nine seasons on its time on the air, so it's certainly ripe for parody, and and clearly a, a nod to any of those adults in the room paying attention to Spongebob. What do you mean by that? The episode starts out simply enough in a setting we've never really have witnessed before, and it's the wake-up process of Plankton, which seems very painful. It seems like he doesn't really want to wake up in the morning, and I gotta say, I kind of feel for you, Plankton. I'm with you. I understand just crawling out of that bed, dreading going into work, but instead of going into work for Plankton, working at the chum bucket... Because I noticed he has uh, some chum pie on the on the menu there, or at least it just says pie. So I assume there's chum in it, but there is the possibility there could be other ingredients in there, which means maybe Plankton could make some profit today at the chum bucket. But instead, he is just concerned over the fact that he's not going to be able to capture Krabby Patty yet again today. Like, he's just worried about the ability or the inability of the theft of a Krabby Patty. That's his entire life is just stealing this one burger. He could be doing anything else with his time. He has. He's built some incredible things in this world, and I think it's so funny that it comes down to the fact that he wastes this college-educated brain on stealing someone else's success when he could simply build his own success in so many other ways, but that would take away a main antagonist of the show, so we we have to continually be on this hamster wheel of success for Plankton. But he walks into the Krusty Krab very low on himself, not really paying attention to where he's going. He's he's very downtrodden. And as he walks into the Krusty Krab, he slips in a puddle. A puddle that was caused by SpongeBob mopping the front of the store. Now, we have seen SpongeBob mop at the Krusty Krab, and in subsequent episodes, there has been a very visible wet floor sign, which is always hilarious to see underwater. I'm not sure exactly what they're using in these mop buckets that 
is causing a solution to be left on the sea floor technically, but it is possible. There there are pockets of other forms of water and liquids under the sea, so it's not out of the realm of possibility for these characters to be using some sort of solution that causes a puddle-like effect for Plankton to slip on. Rightfully so, without a wet floor sign, Plankton is well and above his right to sue Mr. Krabs, which is not something that is an idea that comes to his mind. Mr. Krabs actually comes out and just gloats to Plankton in his face, and it's a really terrible situation because he's not only doing it in front of SpongeBob, which is one witness for Plankton, which I know he wouldn't want to help Plankton in his own right, but in a legal setting, he really wouldn't have a choice if he was a witness to an issue like this. But there's other customers visible who watched Plankton fall on the ground and even commented to themselves, if that were me, I would sue Mr. Krabs for everything he has. I'm going to sue you out of existence. And Plankton is only concerned about the Krabby Patty secret formula. It's not even about money. He asks, could that include the Krabby Patty secret formula? And I'm not saying that these guys are wrong, but when they tell Plankton, yeah, sure, that would include that, I I think they're wrong. Oh, yeah. I really do. Unless Plankton, in a legal sense, was taking over the Krusty Krab as a whole, in which the formula for the Krabby Patty would come along with that business. You know, if you bought out McDonald's, it's not like the current CEO could just keep the recipe for Big Mac sauce to himself, even though everybody has access to it, but it's not like he could hoard that and walk away with it and go, well, I'm going to keep this. No, it comes with the business. So if Plankton wanted to somehow take over everything that Mr. Krabs owns under his name, yeah, that would include the Krusty Krab, which would then include the secret formula. In a way, they aren't wrong, but in the situation at hand, they certainly are. I don't think a fall could necessitate an entire takeover of a business. I can't walk into a Dunkin' Donuts tomorrow, slip on a puddle, and then all of a sudden I own every single Dunkin' Donuts in the country. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, yeah, I sure hope it does. But Plankton is well within his right to sue Mr. Krabs over his fall at the Krusty Krab, even if he's okay. Look, if you fall from a spill, you should still bring it up. Even if you're okay at the moment in time, you have no idea how you're going to feel the next day or a week later or two weeks later. And then all of a sudden, that thing that you said was okay two weeks later is now an issue. And some people and businesses may not be as receptive some time later on coming back going, Hey, remember when I fell two weeks ago? Well, it's starting to really become a problem now. I I can't imagine many businesses would then at that point go, oh, let's help you out. So if you do fall in any sort of business, you should make sure you get track of everything that happened all the times. Make sure you get checked out by a doctor and make sure that you truly are good to go. And just a reminder, this is absolutely not a legal podcast, and this is not really legal advice. This is just general captain to crewmate advice. This is just something you should do 
You don't have to do it, but I'm just saying if you fall in a business, just try to get as much information as you can for yourself and just cover your tracks. Make sure you're covered. Make sure you're good. Just do it! Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it! Right after Plankton sues Mr. Krabs, his troubles are over. A lawyer steps into play to help out Mr. Krabs over this egregious act. He knows that Plankton is practically scum and with relative ease will be defeated in court. I'm talking about Richard A. Bottom Feeder. Clearly, clearly those writing the episode weren't really kind to this lawyer. A bottom feeder, old dick is. And comes out of nowhere offering his services pretty much for free up until they win the case because he knows this is a slam dunk, so he's not even going to charge Mr. Krabs until they beat Plankton. And in fact, they're going to countersue on top of this issue because of all of the nonstop shenanigans that Plankton has thrown against the Krusty Krab. Now, everything is looking great for the legal team of the Krusty Krab until SpongeBob wants to interject himself as a possible witness in this entire testimony. Now, what SpongeBob is known as in the legal proceedings is a liability. And for the easiest explanation for that, let's just head to our friends at the dictionary. Liability. All right, liability. The state of being responsible for something, especially by law. Now, if that doesn't really help you, how about this explanation? A person or thing whose presence or behavior is likely to cause embarrassment or put one at a disadvantage. How does that sound as an explanation for SpongeBob and his liability status? Survey says! Correct! If anybody is going to embarrass you in some sort of law setting, it's going to be SpongeBob, but... SpongeBob is not yet done being a liability just by injecting himself into a meeting between Mr. Krabs and old Dick Bottom Feeder. Once the meeting is over, SpongeBob was apparently mopping yet again outside of the door of Mr. Krabs' office with no wet floor sign yet again. And of course, as Mr. Krabs is okay, poor old Bottom Feeder slips on a puddle just like Plankton did as he walked into the Krusty Krab earlier. You would think that after this happens, this lawyer would want to sue Mr. Krabs for even more money than what Plankton is looking for, but instead, he is still on Mr. Krabs' side and knows that it is a slam-dunk victory against Plankton in court as long as they use the crucial evidence that is inside of his briefcase and hands it off to SpongeBob as if SpongeBob is prepared in any way to be a lawyer and this guy just assumes SpongeBob is the one that's going to have to do it. Of course, comedically, we're going to want SpongeBob as the lawyer. SpongeBob lawyer pants, as he's officially known. I am not sure if SpongeBob passed the bar, because I don't think SpongeBob could even hold up the bar above his head for more than a second. So let's just assume that in Bikini Bottom, as long as you feel like you belong somewhere it's relatively accepted that you are. And in that regard, I hope that I could then broadcast this show 
in Bikini Bottom so I could present myself as an actual podcaster. This episode of SpongeBob heavily reminds me of the classic Rocco's Modern Life episode, Fly Burgers, which happens to be a season four episode of Rocco's Modern Life. Just a crazy coincidence if you ask me, but if you have not seen that episode, it centers around a side character of Rocco's Modern Life, a side character that had starring roles in like one or two other episodes beforehand, and this was his big final appearance, but Flecko the Fly, just this kind of nasty-looking fly character, goes over to Rocco's house and fakes an injury, deciding to then sue Rocco, in which the punishment for Rocco attacking this fly who rightfully was trying to steal from Rocco in the first place, was Rocco then turning into a fly himself. Now, that has nothing to do with what happens in this episode, but the entire act of Flecko in Fly Burgers really resembles what happens with Plankton here as he enters the courtroom and just plays up his injury to 11. He turns that dial, he is just to the gills, covered in bandages, all wrapped up, and he's coming into the courtroom with a mechanicalized wheelchair and is playing up the injuries to a beautiful degree. Mr. Krabs has no idea that Richard is not coming into the courtroom and is in fact surprised to learn that SpongeBob Lawyer Pants is here to save the day. He lets Mr. Krabs know that the lawyer couldn't make it, but that everything they would need to win this case was safely in the briefcase in SpongeBob's hand. Unfortunately, and this is the next ploy throughout this part of the episode, SpongeBob doesn't have the combination to the suitcase. Luckily, it's just three digits instead of the usual six that you would see on those kind of briefcases, but there's no way they're going to just guess the number, so they're just going to have to force this thing open. And as Plankton is going through his testimony, stretching out every little detail, trying to get sympathy as much as he can for this incident that happened, and... Rightfully so. There's an agreement that there wasn't a wet floor sign in the Krusty Krab, there was a puddle, and Plankton did fall. Mr. Krabs should be at fault. There shouldn't be a need for anything in that briefcase. I understand Plankton had intentions for going into the Krusty Krab that day. I understand that was the thought in his head. But in an actual legal setting, I can't say that that would count. I'm not sure. I don't know if somebody actually admitted in court, yeah, I was going in there to steal, but that, no, no, I'm not going to accept that because there's been this thing that if a robber breaks into your house and they get hurt on something in your home, they could sue you for that. And I know that sounds crazy. I know that there's probably someone out there listening to this podcast going, That can't be true. Look it up. If for some reason you had a knife sitting upright at the bottom of your stairs and someone broke into your house on the second floor and fell down your stairs and they fell into your knife and stabbed themselves, even though they broke into your home, they could sue you for that and win. It's been done before. There is evidence of somebody being able to sue based off of going into an incident with terrible intentions. 
So even if Plankton wanted to steal the Krabby Patty formula and was adamant about it in court, like, yeah, that's what I wanted to do on that day, I don't think in an actual legal setting, I don't think it would change what actually happened, which is the fact that he walked into a puddle and in a courtroom, they would argue that it doesn't matter what his intentions were because he didn't have the opportunity to even get to play those intentions out because he was injured. So I don't know if anybody who has more of a legal basis could chime in, especially on, I mean, I know that Plankton could get the formula if he took over the entire company of the Krusty Krab, but I don't think you could zero in on somebody's personal property and say, I'm going to sue you and take your car unless you couldn't pay the amount of what you owed and that personal possession was a part of the payment. I'm sure in that regard, that would come into play, but I don't even know how a formula would would work in, in that way. What did you say, punk? I had all of that talk about Judge Judy and I forgot to mention the fact that at the beginning of the court, the theme for the People's Court played, which just added so much to this scene. Of course, they could have had another parody theme play, but using that actual theme just added so much to this entire setup. Eventually, even after more testimony of SpongeBob, Mr. Krabs, and even Squidward, who comes in and shows off just how terrible Mr. Krabs is as a boss, as a living creature, in the end, they eventually get the briefcase open to reveal a Krabby Patty. A simple Krabby Patty, clearly either the man's lunch or a clever scheme to catch Plankton in a trap. Plankton is then called to the stand during this trial and under oath admits with a Krabby Patty in his face that his intentions to go into the Krusty Krab that day were to steal a Krabby Patty. And with that, the jury then votes in the favor of Mr. Krabs, regardless on all of the evidence that was against Mr. Krabs, all of his greed, all of his uncaring. In his testimony, he admitted to getting rid of the wet floor sign in an attempt to save more money. Money. This is a man who absolutely deserved to lose this case, but instead he won it. And it's so funny, and I'm not sure if it was intentional or not, that this episode that shows a basic mockery of the court system follows an episode that showed a mockery of our healthcare system, at least in America. This was a twofer. Between The Lost Mattress and Crabs vs. Plankton, we have showed just how absurd both cases can be, especially when handled in this way. Now, in the cases of those robbers breaking in, that's a completely different scenario. Once you break into somebody's property, you shouldn't be able to sue because of any misdoings on your part. You don't belong there. You're not meant to be there. Therefore, anything that happens is on you. That's the way that I see it. And a robber breaking into a home is far different than someone walking into your place of business, even if their intentions are negative even if their intentions are to steal something, you shouldn't still have puddles on the floor and people spilling on them. I am not sure 
how that really would work out in court if you were just very blatant on your intentions of walking into the store like Plankton was. Of course, as the Krabby Patty was dangling in front of his face by SpongeBob, Plankton just took off all of those bandages and showed that he was lying pretty much about the whole thing. And in that regard, now we're talking about something. Lying under oath. You thought I was just going to count out Mr. Krabs. I just wanted to give him his just due because Mr. Krabs still deserved a lot of flack in this episode. But Plankton intentionally lied about the status of his injuries. Therefore, lying under oath negates his entire platform. You lie! You lie! That, in the end, is why Mr. Krabs is going to walk away with this victory. If Plankton didn't embellish on his injuries and just stated the facts of this situation, I'm sure he could have walked away with some money, but instead, he went the extra mile to over-embellish the injuries he received. And when the judge saw that and knew that this guy was untrustworthy, they were well within their right to call it in Mr. Krabs's favor. And I think I am going to have to do the same and place in favor of the defendant, Mr. Krabs, on the terms that Plankton is a dirty liar. How dare you? As far as my own experiences in court, I unfortunately have nothing exciting to bring to you guys. It's literally bone dry in the excitement department. It's all boring details. I have been summoned to jury duty a handful of times, and unfortunately every time it comes up, it ends up getting canceled, and my name goes back into the pool. I have no reason why, but it's happened twice now. I have fought two traffic tickets on my end. One was a speeding ticket, and in my experience, and as far as the experiences of most of my friends and family, as long as you dress, you know, decently, and you plead your case, usually the prosecutor at hand will drop the charge down to something that won't even really be on your record, and will only charge you a small, minimal fee that you can walk out pretty satisfied with. And on the other end of things, if you happen to get a ticket for something paperwork-wise, like a registration that may have lapsed, and as long as you have taken care of that situation before you end up in court, usually they just let you walk out. At that point, you have taken care of everything. You have shown that, hey, might have been a, a one-time issue, especially if it's your first time. That's where a lot of these will, will be in your favor. If it's your fifth or sixth or seventh time, the, the state or prosecution in front of you, wherever you are, may not be as uh, as nice the second or third time around. But hey, if it's your first time, they'll usually let you slide. So I unfortunately haven't had anything exciting happen to the captain in court, and I'm going to keep it that way. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's 100% keep it that way. Pizza time. I just want to take a moment and uh, and let you guys know something. Um, I know that this podcast has a decent reach out there in the world, so I just want you to know that if you are out there and you are dealing with something outside of your means, and I'm talking about any natural disasters, Hurricane Ian, any sort of 
wars going on. If you're listening to this and things are going on in your world, I hope I am able to take just a little bit of a distraction out of your day. And my heart is out there with you. Um, I, I can't do much. I work a 40-hour-a-week job. There's a ton of other responsibilities outside of that, which then take up so much more of my time. I, I try to play video games when I can to, you know, relax, but even that just dwindles week after week of the amount of time. In, in my daily life, though, I think about the people who are out there dealing with situations that I'm not. To kind of keep myself in check. I, of course, respect any of the issues that I personally go through. But if you're out there feeling down, if you're out there suffering in in any way that is outside of your control, it doesn't matter how small, how big, I hope you get through whatever it is that is causing any negativity in your life. I hope you find that new level, that new platform of comfort, and I hope that Hey, I'm still here with you, not going anywhere. So thank you for being here with me. Appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me on the ship. It's been a pleasure. Once again, if you would like to reach Captain Eric, please, questions, comments, concerns, or if there's any technical difficulties whatsoever, you can reach the captain at two possible emails. Again, spongepodpodcast at gmail.com and nickelodeonhistory at gmail.com. Those are the two emails for both shows. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Ready Podcast and on Instagram at SpongeBobPodcast. Please check out my other podcast, This Week in Nickelodeon History, dropping every Sunday. It's its own podcast. It's not on the feed anymore, so if you are going back and watching through those old episodes, the first season of that show is back on this audio feed, but it is now its own podcast. So you can search that on your podcast platform of choice. Even if you don't follow that show or don't really regularly listen to it, I would give it a shot. It's more of Captain Eric. It's more of Nickelodeon stuff, obviously, but it's a bit more laid back and I allow myself to divulge a little bit more. So if you enjoy this podcast, please give that one a listen. And if you don't want to, if you can review it as well, it would be a massive help for me and you would get a massive thank you from Captain Eric. While you're at it, if you would like to subscribe to the Captain Eric YouTube channel, that is honestly the best way you can help me out. It's a it's a big thank you from me for all my subscribers on YouTube. It's It's my one direct way to know, hey, who's out there? willing to hit that button and say, I like what this guy puts out. So if you are pleased by any of the audio frequencies I put out there into the world, then by all means, check out some of the video content I put out. You may enjoy something. Uh, while you're at it, you can also purchase new and updated merch at the Redbubble link, either in the podcast description below or in the link from any of my socials. Anything that comes in from my projects Go directly back into my projects, and as just like your time is, your money is always appreciated. Both are. I love you guys regardless. You're all a part of the Ready Crew. Thank you for joining me along this journey. Thank you for being here, and please 
Come back again next week for another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. As always, please stay safe, be kind to one another, and come aboard again. Objection. Calls for hearsay. Thank you.